Abraham and, and how he saw himself a stranger and a, a pilgrim. And the comparison was for us today, we're, we're just strangers and pilgrims passing through. Amen. We're not at home here. One day we're going to see our Savior face to face. And I'm thankful for that. John chapter 18, if you'd stand with me. Uh, John chapter 18, I want to read verses 12 through verse 27. Title of the message is Gone, But for the Lord. Gone, but for the Lord. John chapter 18 begins that passage of Scripture that tells us about the greatest story ever told. The story of the crucifixion of our Savior, His life on this earth, His death on the cross, but certainly His resurrection to follow. In the middle of it, we get a look at Peter. And Peter would have been gone, but for the Lord in this passage of Scripture. And that's what I want to look at this morning. John chapter 18, verse 12, it says this, Then the band and the captains and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. And led him away to Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews, that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did the, the other, another disciple. The disciple was known unto the high priest, and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without, then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. <clears throat> then said the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and the officers stood there, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. And the high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort. And in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas the high priest, and Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinman, whose ear Peter cut off, said, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Well, we love you and we thank you so much for the opportunity to be in church this morning. We thank you for this passage of scripture that you have given to us and or the timeless word of God. And I pray that this timeless book would have an application that you would speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, that you teach us more of your word, but also give us that application that we can carry home with us today. Lord, let us be surrendered to what you have for us this morning. We love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Gone, <clears throat> gone but for the Lord. Peter surely would have after this had been, really he would. He would, matter of fact, Peter would put himself on the shelf. You ever have, you ever look back in your life and <clears throat> look at moments when you would say like Paul, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul would say that. He would look back at his, the history of his life in different moments and, and he would say this, boy, if it weren't for the grace of God. If the Lord hadn't shown up on that Damascus road and confronted me, if God hadn't worked in my life, he goes, I would not be where I am today. But by the grace of God, I, I am what I am. I think Peter could say the same thing later on in his life. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. We could say that today. But by the grace of God, I can look at moments in my life and say, if it weren't for God's grace that kept me or worked in my life in that moment, I know I wouldn't be where I am today. If you can't say that, you're probably not looking close enough, friend. You're probably not looking close enough. Because most of us have those times when we say, if it weren't for God's grace, I know I wouldn't be here. That could certainly be said of, of Peter. 
Because if it weren't for the Lord's intervention in his life, Peter certainly would have gone by the wayside. And we see that in this portion of Scripture. And the first thing I want you to take notice of is Paul of Peter's fall. Boy, he fell in this passage of Scripture, didn't he? And he fell far. Matthew 16, 13 through 17, it says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Have I, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for blood, flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Well, that was a, that was a far cry from where Peter found himself in this passage of Scripture, isn't it? He's walking with the Lord. He's walking with the Lord and his disciples up there to Caesarea Philippi. And the Lord would just look at him and say, whom do men say that I am? And the disciples would begin to speak up and, and mention different ones and the things that they had heard about the Lord. But then he would look at them and ask them the most important question. And that question that every person must ask, but whom do ye say that I am? Who do you think that I am? And Peter would speak up. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. In John chapter 6, many would depart from the Lord. And the Lord would ask them and say, will you also leave me? And they would say, no, Lord, you're the Christ. You have the words of eternal life. We can't leave you. Peter would spend all of this time with the Lord. He, he would see his tremendous miracles. Uh, Peter would witness the Lord heal his mother-in-law. He would see the Lord walk on water. And he himself would walk on water to the Lord. When the Lord would call him out of the water, he would see the Lord feed 5,000 and on another occasion 4,000. He would see him cleanse the leper and he would see him make the blind to see, the lame to walk. And he would see the Lord just over and over again perform miracle after miracle. He would hear the Lord declare plainly who he was and then prove who he was through his miracles. He would watch it, he would hear his teachings and he would witness for the Lord. He would tell others about the Lord. But in this passage of Scripture, he fell far and he fell long, didn't he? How far he went. At a moment, Peter's moment, he should have been testifying of who Christ is, shouldn't he? Here he is, the Lord is being tried, and who, being tried for who he was, and Peter should have lifted his hands and said, I'll tell you who he is. I'll tell you who that man is that you're trying there. That's the Son of God. That's the Messiah, the Savior of the world. I was there. I, 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 that, that's who he is. I, I've seen him heal the lame. I've seen him make the le lepers uh, clean. I, I've seen him forgive man of sin. I've seen him cast out demons. I, I've seen him say, peace be still, and it was always still. still. I, I know who that man, that man is Jesus. That is who he is. But that's not what we see Peter doing in this passage of Scripture. Matter of fact, in another place of Scripture, and we'll read it shortly, in another one of the accounts, he would curse God. He would curse God. He would blaspheme his name. And he would deny him. Talk about a fall. To go from professing Christ to serving Christ to walking with Christ to denying him. To blaspheming his name. He had fall, fallen. I, I think before we get too hard on Peter, I, I think we should remember how human it is what took place. In Matthew 26, 37 through 41, the Lord would use Matthew to record something that, that John leaves out a little bit here in his gospel. And in Matthew 26, 37 through 41, it says, 
And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. This is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And he saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Lord would take his disciples from that upper room. He would go out after having that time with them. He'd go down the Garden of Gethsemane and he would leave some of them and he'd take Peter, James, and John, those three that were the closest to him. Peter had was with the Lord at the Mount of Transfiguration. He would take them a little bit further into the Garden of Gethsemane and he'd begin to leave them there and then he'd go and pray. And he'd come back and he'd find them sleeping. The Lord specifically looked at Peter. He said, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Peter's time was coming. His test was coming. Temptation was coming. He would be there. And as the Lord had already told him, he, he would face that, t- that trial. And the Lord is saying, watch and pray with me, lest ye enter into temptation. And Paul, Peter had fallen. And I think one of the great reasons for why he failed is because when he fell, he had failed to pray. He had failed to pray. God said, Peter, pray. Watch and pray. And he would come back, he'd remind him, you better pray, is what he would say, unless you enter into temptation. You better pray. And the Lord could, of course, prophesy Peter's failing because he knew Peter would find himself asleep. Peter would find the rest of his body more important than his time with his Lord. And as a result of it, within hours of that moment, he would deny his Lord three times. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. How many times, Christian, have we found ourselves sleeping when we knew we should be praying? Found ourselves busy doing other things when we should have been with our Lord. And the Lord had looked at Peter and he said, you better watch and pray with me lest you enter into temptation. The moment's coming, the trial's coming. It's right around the corner. It's within a few minutes. Would you watch and pray with me just one hour? And and Peter would lay his head down and go right back to sleep. It was just hours earlier that he had promised and that he had spoken so vehemently as the scripture would say, I will never deny you. But he would fall asleep on him. (laughs) But he would fall asleep on him. And when he fell asleep on him, it wasn't long before he found himself denying him. It was human. I think we should be careful of being too hard on Peter. Because I think if we were all honest, we'd all have to admit to the fact there's been plenty of times when we've fallen asleep on him. We failed to pray. We failed to walk with our God. We failed to call upon the one who said, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not. Peter's fall was, was human. I think there's an incredible caution, Christian. If Peter can fall, so can you and I. If the one who was on the boat and the Lord said, come, and and Peter would jump out of the boat and walk on water, can sink, then so can you and I. The one who saw the Lord feed 5,000 on one occasion, 4,000 on another can fall, then so can you and I. Because he had the same problem we have today. Will we pray? Will we pray? 
We see his fall. It was, it was a long fall. It was, friend, it was a human fall. It was costly. Matthew 26 would account it this way. It said in Matthew 26, 69 through 75, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him that, was, that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by him and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew, and Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Luke twenty two sixty through 62 says it this way, And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. Immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out. And wept bitterly. Picture that. Picture that for a moment. The Lord on trial. Peter, the one who had walked beside him and talked with him and seen his miracles and said, I'll never leave thee. I'll never deny thee. I'll die before I deny thee. Now the time was the test was there. Will you die before you deny me? People were lying about him and about him there and Someone would just ask him, sure, you, it, you've got to be one of his. Your, your speech bereath thee. I can hear it in your words. You've been with him. And he would curse God and swear. I know not the man. And the Lord would turn and look upon him. The Lord would turn upon and look upon him. And Peter would look back at the Lord. The cock would crow. And he went out and wept bitterly. I wonder what that, that had to be so horrible. To be so horrible, to be there, to have walked with the Lord for three years, to see his miracles, to see his working, to swear your allegiance. And in the moment when it mattered, you would curse him. And when it happened, the Lord just looked back over at Peter. And Peter looked him in the eye. And his heart was broken. He went out and wept bitterly. I remember you, can I remind you something of Christian? We're all going to look Jesus in the eye one day. We're all going to have our moment when we will see him face to face. There is coming a day when he will look upon us and we will look upon him. Be careful about being too hard on Peter. He fell a long way. But Christian, there's plenty of us who have fallen a long way way at a time when he should have spoken up when it mattered the most boy he'd he'd tell the lord who he was on that that road to caesarea philippi just outside of caesarea philippi thou art the christ the son of the living god he would worship him on the boat when the lord calmed the sea as soon as he had stepped back into the boat thou art the christ and yet here it was down to the wire the moment mattered life and death Peter, do you really believe? Are you really ready to speak up? And he would curse the name of God and deny him three times. And the Lord would look upon him. It's easy, isn't it, friend, to worship God this morning on a Sunday morning? What about come tomorrow? 
What about next week? What about when life is hard versus easy? Peter denied him. He fell. That's the first thing we see is Peter's fall, but then we see this, we see Peter's friend. Take your Bibles and go back a few chapters to chapter, chapter 15 of John, chapter 15 of John, and look at verse 15, and John chapter 15 and verse 15, and this the Lord is having his conversation with his disciples in the upper room just before he goes to the garden, and he says these words to him in chapter 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. When I read this passage of Scripture, I think of that song that we sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Because Peter would fall and deny his Lord, but Peter still had a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. A friend who would never leave him, who would never forsake him. A friend who loved him. Even though he would deny his friend, Lord Jesus Christ, the friend of Peter, would never deny Peter. He had a friend. He had a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. He had a friend who had warned him. In Mark 14, 26 through 31, it says, And Jesus saith unto him, All ye that be offended because all of ye, all ye shall be offended of me because of me, of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter say, it said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee this day, even in this night before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. He had had his warning, didn't he? He had a friend who had warned him. Peter, the Lord Jesus Christ had warned him. I, I think of this, Christian. We have a friend in Christ, and we have a friend who has offered us plenty of warnings, has he not? We have a God who has given us the incredible word of God that he would use over 40 different men over a period of 1,500 years to give us the inspired, preserved word of God that I can turn its pages and see who God is and what he has done for us and have an incredible word from God. Peter had that word. He had a friend who had taken the time to warn him. Peter, before the night is over, Peter, Watch and pray with me, lest ye enter into temptation. And he still fell. But he had a friend. The verse, Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet what? Sinners. Christ died for us. He didn't say, and while we were yet good people. He said, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Peter had the warning of the Lord from his friend. Peter had a friend who warned. Peter had a friend who prayed. I love Luke twenty two thirty one through 34. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, and I, and he said I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. He had a friend who warned him. He had a friend who prayed for him in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, Peter, Satan hath desire that he might have thee, that he would sift thee as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. Peter, didn't, Peter failed to pray. Peter went to sleep, but he still had an intercessor 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am thankful that I have a friend in Christ who offers me his warnings even when I ignore them and intercedes for me ever on my behalf. And here we see that Peter had, he had a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ who would warn him and would intercede for him even as Peter marched headlong into his denial of the one who prayed for him. I have prayed for thee. I have prayed for thee. He had a friend who in this passage of scripture who warned him, he had a friend who prayed for him. He had a friend who redeemed him. John chapter 15 and verse 13, it says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Peter would, would write later in the, in the scripture in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21, he would say these words, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but who but was made manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him the glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Hey, we're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Peter had a friend who greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Peter, in spite of his fall, had a friend who warned him, who prayed for him, and who would die for him at Calvary, who would say, it is finished, and would give up the ghost. In spite of Peter, the Lord Jesus Christ did it all for him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This passage of scripture, we see some horrible things done to our Lord, don't we? I think that soldier we just read about when the Lord would answer back to the high priest and would turn around and smack across the face the Son of God. Can you imagine that? The one who created him, he reached out and smacked the face of the one who created him. Shortly, they would spit in his face. They would pluck out his beard. They would strip him naked in the common hall. They would mockingly shove a crown of thorns down upon his head. Oh, you're the king of kings, you're the king of the Jews? Wear your crown, this crown of thorns. Beat him with a cat of nine tails till his flesh hung from his bones. Robe him mockingly in purple to mock his royalty. Make him carry his cross to Calvary and drive nails through his hands and through his feet. Some horrible things would be done to our Savior by those who were ignorant of who he was. But Peter knew him for who he was. Peter knew him for who he was. A soldier smiting someone across the face, not knowing who he was. Soldier driving some thorns through his head, not knowing who he was. Beating him, just thinking he's another common man. Yet Peter would curse him and deny him knowing fully who he was. What is uglier? The one who drove the nails or the one who blasphemed his name and knew him? Peter had fallen. And yet, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
I would say, friend, there is nobody out of the reach of God's love. There is nobody out of the reach of his redemption. There is nobody out of the reach of his atonement. There is nobody out of the reach of what Jesus Christ has done for him. Peter was an example of it. As sure as the soldier was, so much more Peter. That this one who had walked with him, seen his miracles, had professed his name, had now blasphemed him and denied him and cursed his name. And yet still, God loved him. Because he had a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. We see Peter's fall. We see Peter's friend. And finally, we see Peter's final victory. Skip ahead, if you would, to John chapter 20. John chapter, I'm sorry, John chapter 21, last chapter of the book. We're skipping through much of the story. That If I had time, I'd read it because I think it would help us even see greater how great a portion of Scripture this is. But you know it. Peter denied the Lord. Caiaphas tries him. They hire liars against him. It's an illegal t- trial. It was a nighttime trial. It wasn't supposed to happen. And the Lord was ramrodded through there as they hired liars against him. And they'd ship him off to Pilate because they didn't have the authority to crucify him. So they send the religious world, would send the Savior to the secular world to be crucified. And Pilate, of course, would send him back to Herod. This is your jurisdiction. I can't find anything wrong with this man, but I don't want to make all these religious leaders mad. Herod, you do something about it. Herod would receive him welcoming because he had been hoping to see the Lord in some kind of carnival show, see him perform some miracle, and yet Herod would ship him back to Pilate. And obviously, you know, ultimately the crowd would cry out, crucify him, crucify him, and our Savior would be crucified. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story, amen? Three days later, three days later on that Sunday morning, the same reason you're here this morning, don't you ever forget it, on a Sunday morning, is because three days later on a Sunday morning, that first day of the week, that stone rolled away and our Savior came forth. I love how in the book of Acts it says it was not possible that he could be holding by it. It was impossible for our Savior to stay in the grave. We think it's impossible for that to happen, but in reality, the impossible part was that he could stay there. That's what was impossible, because he was the Son of God, he was the King of kings, and he was the Lord of lords. And on that first day of the week, he rose again, and he showed his power over sin and over the grave, and death is swallowed up in victory, as Paul would write in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And then the Lord would show up on occasion after occasion, reminding them that he was risen. He would confront them in the upper room. And Thomas, doubting Thomas, would, put his, would feel the scars of the Savior and said, My Lord and my God. And he would recognize him for who he was. And then we see here in John chapter 21, And after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples of the sea of, on the Sea of Tiberias. It wasn't the last first time. And in this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. They said unto him, we go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately and that night they caught nothing. How amazing this is. Peter had denied the Lord. The Lord had been crucified for him and risen. Peter had seen him. But you know what I think Peter couldn't get out of his mind? Blaspheming his Lord. It replayed in his mind. 
He had seen the Lord. He had seen Thomas put his hands. He'd walked by him. He knew his Savior once again was who he was. He was risen. He was living. And yet all that Peter could think about was the curse words he had said about his Savior and how he denied him three times. Truly, God must be done with me. I'm going fishing. It wasn't saying that he was going back to his hobby. He wasn't taking a break to go back to his time and just to relax a little bit so he could go back. Fishing was his livelihood. Fishing was what he did for a living. Fishing was what he was doing, mending his nets when the Lord came to him and said, follow me and I'll make thee fishers of men. What Peter was saying is, God must be done with me. Look at who God is. He's proven himself. I wish I had, I wish I had stood and gave witness to his person that morn, that night. I wish I had stood and said, truly this is the King of kings and Lord of lords. I wish I had stood and said, I saw him walk on water. I, I saw him heal the lame and make the blind to see. I wish I had stood and said, he's, he's, he cleansed the lepers. He's cast out demons. This is the Son of God. But instead, in fear for my own life, I blasphemed his name. God must be done with me. But notice what happened, what is said. I, verse 3 again, it says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately that night. They caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. God said, not so, Peter. Not so, Peter. I know you've denied me. I know you've doubted me. I know you've blasphemed me, and I know you have fallen. I know I warned you and asked you to pray, and you went to sleep. I know that I gave you the warning and called you to enter, enter, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation, and yet still you took your nap. I know you went before there, and even after my more warning, you denied me three times and lifted up your voice and cursed me. And I know you've run out, and I know you've put yourself on the shelf and said, I'm going back to fishing. He must be done with me, but I am still here on the shore, Peter. Peter, I'm still here. Obviously, you know how the rest of the story would come. They would come and the Lord would say they hadn't caught anything. And the Lord would say, cast your net on the other side of the boat. They'd cast their net in and they'd pull in a load of fishes and fish. And Peter knew immediately, this is Jesus. I wonder if he started getting the inkling in that moment. He must not be done with me. He must not be done with me. He would jump out of the boat and he would swim to his Savior. And in verse 15, we see this conversation from the Lord. So then when they had died, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith to them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto them, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him that third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. He had told Peter before the crucifixion, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have thee that he may sift thee as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Peter, I know you're going to fall. 
but I'm praying for you. And when you get back, go feed my sheep. Go strengthen my brethren. In this passage of scripture, we see the Lord, Peter. Probably no doubt, he's done. It wasn't a doubt of who God was. He still knew who he was. It wasn't a doubt in his resurrection. He had seen him. It was just, he's got to be done with me. And yet, the Lord was still on the shore. I am not done, Peter. Feed my sheep. Some roughly 40 days from then, not quite even that, Peter would stop up after, he, after the Lord would ascend up from the Mount of Olives and ascend into glory. The disciples would go and pray in that upper room and they would pray. And then they would go out after filled with the Spirit and Peter would preach and 3,000 people would come to know Christ as their Savior. God was not done. Can I tell you something, Christian? God doesn't put people on the shelf. People put themselves on the shelf. God is never finished with his people. As long as we are on this earth, God has a purpose and a plan for people. It wasn't the Lord that said, hey, Peter, I'm done with you. Go back to your fishing net, was it? It wasn't God who said, Peter, I warned you. I told you to pray and you slept and yet you still denied me. Get back on your boat. Go fishing. I'm finished. It wasn't God who said that. It was Peter. He must be done with me. Going back to my net. And yet God said, no, sir. I'm not finished with you. I'm not done. I still have a purpose for your life. Go feed my sheep. He stood on the shore. I think one of the most amazing statements in that passage of scripture is when it said, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. When the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. And I can tell you something. He is still standing on the shore for his people. There is nobody that can fall so far that God cannot use them. Oh, our lives may change and the manner in which he uses us may be different, but God still uses his people. Not because of us, but because of him. He said, I still have a purpose for you. I still have a plan for you. He was off the shelf. He would go on to serve Christ. I love what Paul said in Philippians 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not done. Look at what the Lord would tell him in verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walk whithersoever thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou stretch, shalt stretch forth thine hands and another shall gird thee and carry thee whithersoever, whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying by what death he would, should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. Lord looked at Peter and said, Peter, when you were young and still today, you're doing what you aren't want to, aren't you, Peter? You get up, you get dressed, you go about life. He said, but when you're old, Peter, I'm going to tell you this. Someone else will gird you. Someone else will bind you. And they'll take you where you don't want to go. This he spake concerning which, the way he would die. History tells us that Peter... All the disciples, but for possibly John, died a martyr's death. History tells us that Peter was crucified upside down 
when they went to crucify him for his Lord. He said, not the same way, and he was crucified upside down. God gave Peter, I, God gave Peter the opportunity, a second chance, didn't he? Peter had denied him. He had faced his trial and he had fallen. But Peter's, God said, Peter, I am not done with you. And Peter would follow him even unto death, only the next time. When the time came, Peter, deny him. Peter, deny him. Peter said, no, I will not deny him. You could crucify him, but he would not deny him any longer. Jesus was still on the shore, gone, but for the Lord. So you and I would look at Peter's story and you would say, well, that's over. We look at that room where the Lord stood on trial and Peter denying the Lord and cursing his name. And we'd say, well, he's done. He's gone. It's over for him. But God said, no, I'm not done. It isn't over for this man. God still stood on the shore when he came. And God said, Peter, I have a purpose for you. And I will tell you something, Christian. It isn't over. God is not finished. We can fall, but God still uses people. Friend, he's got plenty of warnings to him, and the wise man heeds it. He's got prayer that empowers us, and the wise man spend time on his knees. But I will tell you something, Christian. He's still using people that come back to him. He's still using people that come back to him. It isn't over. The only words we need to think of when it is finished is when Jesus stood on the cross and said it is finished. Paid in full. But he's not finished with you and I until we're out of this world. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for the scripture. I thank you for the word of God. I'm thankful, Lord, that you never finished with us, that you have a purpose and a plan for us, that you loved us so much that you would send your son to die on the cross and to rise again three days later that we might be saved. The Lord, that you put us into service, as sure as you had a, a purpose and a plan for Peter, you have a purpose and a plan for each one of us. As sure as you knew him, you know us. Lord, I pray that we would follow it. Lord, if we have put ourselves on the, sh- on the shelf, if we have said, well, I'm going back to fishing, God must be done with me. I pray we'd get off the shelf and realize you're not finished with us. And we have a loving Savior who still wants us and still wants to use us in our service for him. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me ask you this question first of all is do you know him? I think about how much he loves for us. And I can't imagine someone not wanting to know Christ. He loved you so much that he came to this earth and he died on the cross and rose again three days later that you might be saved. And he said, with a heart man believeth unto righteousness and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can I ask you this morning, how many of you would say, preacher, I know him. I have believed in my heart that he was the son of God, that he died on the cross and he rose again for me and I have trusted in him. I know heaven is my home because I know him. If that's your testimony, would you raise your hand? Just between you and I, and you'd say, Preacher, I know him. I know the Lord. Thank you. May put your hand down. Is there anybody who'd be honest and say, Preacher, I don't know Christ this morning, but I want to know him. I want to come to know him as my Savior. I want to put my trust in him. Preacher, I want to know him. Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Is there anybody like that? You'd say, Preacher, pray for me. 
Thank you so much. Let me ask you this then, Christian. How many of you say, Preacher, the Lord has spoken to my heart? Maybe it was just a reminder of how much he loves us. I read this story. I'm amazed to the extent of his love. Paul, Peter would write later, or Paul would write later about knowing the breadth, the depth, the length and the height of God's love. And it's amazing to read this passage of scripture and be reminded of the love of God. Maybe the Lord just spoke to your heart and reminded you, I'm not finished with you. Maybe you've gone back to your fishing nets and God said, I'm not finished with you. If you say, praise the Lord has spoken in my heart. Would you raise your hand as a testimony? And would you stand with me as the pianist begins to play, as God has spoken in your heart? And why don't you do business with the Lord? And the altar is open. A time of prayer is available. And as God has spoken in your heart, make, make use of the altar and spend time with him. And if you raise your hand and say, preacher, I'm unsure about my salvation. I'm unsure about knowing him, but I want to know him. Why don't you come forward? I, I think this, nobody should leave here without knowing Christ. If that's you, would you, why don't you come forward? I can have someone show you from the scripture. But as God has spoken to your heart, do business with the Lord this morning.